What we are doing today is turning back to the book of Colossians. I'm going to speak a message today called Living in the Light. Say, Living in the Light when you get there. What version? Uh, for you? Everybody's been having fun with the Amplified these days. You know why they do that? Because it defines it for you and you don't have to define it for yourself. But we're going to get there. Amen. I love that you're diversified. That's awesome. We're getting there, saints. Amen. John's there. We can get started. Today's message is living in the light. How many of you have been enjoying our new intro into the book of Colossians? Info overload last week? Yeah, amen. We're not stopped this week. Keep your finger in Colossians chapter 1. In Isaiah 9, verse 1, it says... But there shall be no gloom for her who is in anguish. In the former time, the Lord brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he will make it glorious. By the way of the sea of the Galilee and the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. Watch this. The people who walked in darkness, they have seen a great light. Those who have dwelt in the land of intense darkness and the shadow of death upon them has the light shine. You, O Lord, have multiplied the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you like the joy of the harvest. You're not farmers, so you don't really get the joy of the harvest. It's something that you really had to work for, wait for, pray for, hope for, and then all of a sudden, it was. The joy of the harvest. Finally, what I planted has now sprouted and has now bore mature fruit and I can now sift it and I can take it and eat of it. I can actually receive of the efforts in which I've been toiling. For you have multiplied the nation and increased their joy. Anybody need some joy? They rejoice before you like the joy of the harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoils of battle. Many of you fall in love with the struggle but never really get a victory. But when you get a victory, all of a sudden it's like, woo, come on somebody. I finally won one. For, for the yoke of Israel's burden and the staff of the rod, the goading, of their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, have you broken in the day of Midian. You know Midian meant strife. Anybody got some of that in their life? In the day of strife, what was goading you and the heavy weight and yoke upon you that was not the Lord, all of a sudden is broken. For every 
trampling warrior wars, war, warrior's war boots and all his armor in the battle. Toma, tomit, dang, that's an interesting word. And every garment rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for fire. Man, the Lord knows how to light your fire. Sometimes you don't like it. But he only does things for your good. So that you might know God. Saints, last week we talked about a few things in the intro to the book of Colossians. And we met a few people like the Gnostics, right? And we met a, another group of people who worshipped a guy called Mithra. Do you remember these things? We're not going to rehatch that this morning. But I want to remind you that the Gnostics, right, were after personal knowledge and individual enlightenment. That was the very pursuit of their life. You say, well, that sounds a lot like me. Sure, because you're an American, but we're working on breaking that individuality that you might have a corporate understanding and an anointing that comes to Messiah, which is body, which is his body. Many of you have come out of things that are like Gnostics, a religion of light, if you would. Not a people made of light. That's the difference. Are you following me this morning? This is the whole message and why Paul writes to the Colossian church and says, Listen, all you Christians who are more Gnostic than you are Christ-like, the, the, the issue is your light. The issue is your source your, of your light. You pursue like day and night and always in pursuit and never receiving because you're looking for things that you already have. If you have Messiah, you have the light. So you can be seated, secure sons of the light and work from there instead of always working to get something. The other people were much different than the Gnostics. They, they worshipped Mithra, right? Self-effort. Anybody do that? Self-deprecation, self-esteem, all this came from this religion of Mithra. Self-ambition, nobody's got any of that in here, are you? No, you're a bunch of Texans. Well, a few of you are not Texans. And most of you didn't start as Texans, who knows? Kind of the theme around here. Nevertheless, self-ambition, your Bible says, something follows it, all kind of evils. That doesn't make ambitions in itself wrong. It needs your ambitions to be immersed in the Holy Ghost or they are at risk. All these were just forms that we learned last week of self-moralization. In other words, although they convinced themselves that they were worshiping some God, they were really worshiping dark ideas that made themselves God. Because that is what happens when your natural morals become the measure by which you make your spiritual judgments. If you don't believe me, go immerse yourself in an Islamic culture today who are higher, highly moralistic and call that God. It's not. It's Satan. I've met much more moralistic people who serve Allah than I have those who serve Jesus. It is the reality of the world we live in, saints. Saints, that is actually the council of darkness, not the council that comes from living in the light. The church of Colossae was a group of believers in a, in a collision of kingdoms. 
the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Today we're going to talk about living in the light. Amen? I'm almost to Colossians, but before I get there, 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, The Spirit teaches us all things, even the deep things of God. For whom among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit which lives within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God that we might understand what God has, has, has given us. If you're still reaching for God to give you something from the heaven to here, you're more Gnostic than you are Christian. That was the issue. The light's not there, it's here. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing, watch this, spiritual truths with spiritual words. That goes beyond your Christianese, by the way. Anyway. Anybody get tired of just kind of like just Christian language all the time and somebody speak to you and you're like, could you just speak to me plainly? <laughs> the man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. If you have a veil on your eyes and you don't understand when you read your Bible, it's because it's spiritually discerned, not intellectually received. The spiritual man makes judgment on all things. Oh, nobody judge me. What? No, Jesus says you need to judge rightly. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. Does that mean that I don't get to judge you? No. You, the word and the word alone judges you. When you produce fruit, then I can judge your fruit because that's something that you produced. But I can't judge your motive because I can't see it and I get that wrong. Hello? We leave that playing field to the Lord. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he might instruct him? Oh, I love this. But we, somebody say we. we. Not you. We. We have the mind of Christ. Some of you have uh, still seeking the things of the Lord and hadn't got a few answers yet it's because some things are received by we and not just me we love to hear man I can hear the Lord he's for me he loves me that's true but God so loved the entire cosmos that he gave he's at the centrality of the kingdom saints he sits upon the throne your meology has to be broken in the name of Jesus Saints, when we have the mind of Christ, we realize that the Father has freely given us all things. How many things? All, all things needed to be fully alive. You want to be fully alive this morning? Like fully alive. Do you believe that Yeshua wants you to be fully alive? Somebody asked me the other day, man, I heard somebody say that God loves me with the, like the same amount of love that he loves Yeshua. How can that be true? <laughs> because you're in the kingdom of the son that he loves. Hello? God is love, right? So his measure remains the same on all things. He, he's not about emptiness. He does not withhold. He shows no favoritism. So he simply loves all. Period. Oh, come on. Saints in the very young church of Colossae, the believers were daily confronted with the 
philosophical carnality cloaking itself in Christian wisdom. Did you get that? Philosophical carnality clothing themselves with Christian wisdom that said that you can be partially light mixed with a little bit of darkness. Never heard that before, have you? Oh, let me put it in your, your modern terms. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I mean, when I get to heaven, I will be... Doesn't the word say that you're being perfected, teleos? Do you think that Jesus is bad at what he does? Do you think he starts a thing and doesn't finish it? All right, then. Saints, that means that your destiny, if you believe that, would be mixed. Wherever you end up would be mixed. A smoldering wick is not a burning flame. Hello? And you've been plucked from the, from the altar of God. Summon to me my consecrated ones, the prophet said. Like a coal from the altar that they might come before me and that they might burn for the glory of my name. Saints, this church was daily confronted with a man-pleasing moralism masquerading as Messiah that caused them to settle for a sadistic savior that could deliver them from their past but never seemed to do so from their present pride. When I get to heaven, woo, it's going to be awesome. It'll be my delivery, my utopia, and I hope Jesus shows up sometime because I kind of like him. So when the Apostle Paul heard of a faithful remnant emerging from such darkness, even though he was in prison, his heart leapt and he said, I got to do something about this. Epaphras, come on over here. I got a letter for you. Ticketus or whatever his name was. You're going to have to deliver it because Epaphras got arrested too. So there goes your pastor. I guess that doesn't happen today. Well, it does in the real church. Anyway. Today's message about living in the light. Colossians chapter 1, are you with me? Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. We always give thanks to God, the Father, for our Lord Jesus Christ. When we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. The faith and love that spring from hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth. The gospel that has come to you. All over the world, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day that you heard it and understood God's grace and all his truth. God's mercy is, is something withheld. God's grace is something given. So when he says, in all God's grace, it's not the mercy of God, right? If we, if we make grace the mercy of God, then it's a playground for everything wicked that we get to do something is. But when we understand the beautiful grace of God, it's empowerment given to you to live out a holy life. To be able to be what you're not are. Be what you can't be. Do what you can't do. Shine for the glory of God. When you wake up in the morning and go, I'm just kind of bummed out anyway. Oh, wait, I got the grace and mercy of God. I got the living fire down in my bones. Where'd that come from? The grace of God. Power. Straight, raw power. Verse 9. 
For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God, watch this, to fill you. Not to give you a little bit. Not you 20%, you 30%, me 80%, right? Every one of you to be full. You know what full is, right? You should have showed up last week. Overflowing. Filled with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray that in order that you might watch this. Live. Come on, Alex. Live. Jamie, live. You know your Bible's definition of life is a lot different than what yours is? The world's going to tell you you're living when you're actually dying. And Jesus says, hey, come over here because I want to give you abundant life. That's not just a name of a church. That's a, a real thing. So that you might live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened in all power. Don't miss that. All power. According to his glorious might, so that you might have great endurance, great patience and be joyful. Man, I know some enduring, patient people in here, but we're going to have to just work on our joy. Right? I want to see some smiles in this place. I love seeing Joe get up off the ground, get some air under his feet. Amen. Well, my back hurts. Well, right? You want to get healed? Start jumping in the air and ask the Lord to heal it while you're jumping. Come on, somebody. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. Watch this. In the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Somebody say amen. amen. Do you want to live, saints? Do you really, really want to live? Do you like want to live like Jesus says life is? Then you're going to have to learn to do it inside the light. Do you want to live a life worthy of what he has done for you? Worthy of what he has given you? then the Bible tells you that you have been made worthy to be part of his kingdom. But do you want to feel worthy? Yeah, you do. You see, what we do is say, listen, there's a whole bunch of emotionalism going over here and a bunch of touchy-feely stuff. They even got a passion translation now that makes me feel like, woo, when I read it, right? And so we can't talk about that. No, that's how... The grace and the mercy and all the beautiful actual teachings of your Bible get hijacked. Somebody else does it and then you don't talk about it, period, as though it's not for you. You inherited all things, saints. Do you want to feel worthy? Did you feel the presence of the Lord in here today? Is that a bad thing or a good thing? Yeah, then for you to feel worthy is a good thing. It's better than that. It's a God thing. You see, that's what the believers in the church of Colossae were battling. Half measures that produced half hearts. Fatigue from goals never met and confusion about the desires of God that God had for them. That's what they were dealing with. Anybody know what half measures are? You can read the prophets. They'll tell you about it all day long. Do you feel apathetic and half-hearted at times, saints? It comes from a lifestyle of half measures. That comes from your interior cross-culture. What do I mean by that? From what you really believe about what God believes about you. 
Are you fatigued from goals that are never met? I'm talking about spirit-led, God-centered goals. I want you to be real with yourself today. Do your ambitions ever seem to never get satisfied? Well, then are your boundaries in pleasant places? Is the fire of God not enough? If it doesn't seem like enough and you love that fire of God on Sunday but can't really conjure it up on a Monday, it's because something inside in your interior is captivated by strange fire. Any of you bear witness when I say confusion about the desires God has for you and for your life? Are some of you more confused than confident about how God feels about you? You see, a Gnostic mindset says God is in the heaven. He is light. He's pleroma. He's the fullness of all things. But he's not personal, and he doesn't feel a thing. And that crept into the church immediately and is still bearing fruit today. You know where that comes from? It comes by hiding in the shadows, not living in the light. Oh, this is really my message today, saints. I'm going to teach you a little bit about living in the light. But the message that the Lord has for you today is that you can be in the light, but not living in it. You can be close to the light and see the light, but never be the light. Because that's the key. In order to be in the light, you have to be the light. This is what your Bible is going to teach you today. The Colossian Christians were people who had come out of moralism that produced a false sense of righteousness. Anybody met my family? Anybody met my sons? Is it clear that they know that they have to carry their own flame? Where do you think they learned that from? Their father. You can't ride on my coattails, son. This can't be, this can't be dad's religion. Dad's choice. You got to get lit yourself. You can't survive on mine. That don't work like that. Don't do this, don't do that. This is the culture in which was in the church of Colossae. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Start doing that, start doing this, start doing that. As long as your community approves of it, keep doing that. They were Christians who had come out of a spiritual society of people or a society of spiritual people, if you would, who promoted seeking enlightenment, knowledge, and the pursuit of gaining knowledge about the light. Keep learning about it. Just keep learning about the light. Keep learning about this light, but never subject yourself to it, and then see what happens. Are you with me this morning? Learn about it, but never experience it. Saints, that's the idolatry of intellect. If I can just study more, if I could just know what he knows, then I'd be like, more like Christ. No, saints. Yeah. Did you see what Isaiah said? Because the light that they saw 
came to them while they were sitting in great darkness. And you know what your Bible says? A light's not an it. It's in he. The light is not ethereal. The light is not theological. The light is not impersonal. 1 John 1, 5 clearly says it. This is the message you have heard from him and we, we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. Saints, I'm not here today to teach you that God's light. You know that and John just told it to you. Shot's clear. I want you to learn how to live in the light. Can we do that? I want you to learn how to live. I'm your pastor, and I want you to learn how to live. Is that a little funny? I don't want you to like, see me as a great man and all this other foolishness that happens everywhere. I want you to live. I don't care if I offend you in order that I get that through to you because I want you to live the life that Jesus purchased for you. And I'm okay with being the bad guy so that you might meet that good guy. I want you to be holy, not just happy, saints. I want you to be magnificent and radiant, as the Bible says, not morbid. I want you to be victors, not victims. Is that, is that okay? I want you to be completed, not depleted. That was mine, completed, not depleted. You know I'm going to throw those in there to get your attention so that you'll listen to me when I say healthy and whole is what I desire for you to be. Not just trying to get there. I told you Philemon was the twin letter to Colossians. And in chapter 4 it says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Amen. Listen to what he says next because it's profound. It's a key to unlocking a door inside the kingdom of light that you're already in. I pray that you, might, that you may be active, activate, in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we possess inside of Jesus now. Let me translate that for you. Activating your trust in the fact that you possess the fullness of everything you need energizes your efforts. Y'all missed that. Activating your trust, literal translation, right? When we write these out, activating your trust in the fact that you possess the fullness of everything you need energizes your efforts. Turns on the light. Boom. Open door. Amazing. Wow. Saints, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? These things go far beyond your diets. It's time to get lit today, amen? Yeah. The cure to these inner ailments is living in the light. Verse 12 in Colossians 1. Father, the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints inside the kingdom of light. That's what he's done for you. For he has rescued you from domination of darkness. Hello. And brought you into the kingdom of the son he loves. In whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Amen. 
Saints, the kingdom of God here in Colossians is called two things. Number one, the kingdom of the son he loves. Spent a whole year showing you in the word that if you're inside that kingdom, then you are so also loved like his son. And it calls it something else, the kingdom of light. I want to ask you something. How do you feel about that? I know you. Some of you are like, oh, great, shine some light on some understanding because you're intellectuals. Other, others of you are very emotional. So when I say light, you're like, you don't point your light on me. Anybody want to come stand up here? Why is there a little something inside of you? You're just like, I don't know. I feel a little nervous if I got up there because then the light would be shining on me. Are some of you worried when I say light that it might mean exposure for you? When I say that word exposure, is that negative or positive? So when we say that we live in the kingdom of light, that's good if we think, hey, that's an answer for me. But it makes us feel a little different if that means that now the light is shine upon me and all that I am. 1 John 1, 5, this is the message that we've heard from him and declared to you. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. Do you remember that word for sin? Harmatia. Relational misidentification. A legal violation in the heavens and a relational violation here on earth. We lie and do not live the truth about what's really going on because we don't want to be honest with ourselves. because we're afraid of what that means if we tell the truth to ourselves. But he's the light, and you're supposed to trust the light. Am I being too wordy for y'all? Saints, I believe most Christians receive the invitation into the kingdom of light, but live a life making concessions to protect themselves from its effects instead of subjecting themselves to its transformative power. This is what we do. Woo, Jesus, I mean, like, praise the Lord. I'm in the light. Thank you for saving me, delivering me. I'm going to stay the same, but whatever. I love the light. I love the fact that I'm forgiven. Man, that makes me feel real good. He says, what about that thing in between us? What about that thing you're not being truthful to yourself about? What about that posing you keep doing, that posturing you keep doing, that facade that you put on in front of all your church folks, but go home and be somebody else? What about that? I don't know, I don't like that. I don't like that. But hey, I've made provision so I can remain in the light. I'm going to remain in the light because I can live like this. I can survive, coast my way to, to the kingdom, survive. In, I can survive like this, right? Ooh, that's too bright. Mm -mm. No, what I want to do is I want to calculate how much you shine on me, and I want to make the choice of how much I receive. 
And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put on some shade. We won't call that a shadow, but whatever. I believe most Christians receive the invitation into the kingdom of light, but never live making or always live making concessions to protect themselves from its effects instead of subjecting themselves to its transformative power. John 3.19 says it. The verdict has come in. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light. Saints, you can hate the light but still want to receive its reward so you make provisions in order you might hang out there. And they will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will ex for their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. So that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done, watch this, through God. Not for God, not by God, through him. Meaning genuine. Not liar, genuine. Man, who needs some genuine people in your life? If you need a, genu a genuine person, don't you think that God wants to make you a genuine person because somebody else needs it too? Saints, Yeshua said it in Matthew 6, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great the darkness. I really had to wrestle with this scripture because I didn't understand. It's very black and white for me. Darkness, light. The scripture says I become light. So then how can I be light but then have darkness inside of me? Saints, it's clear. It's when you filter the light. Because when you filter light, it becomes dim. And then therefore light is not pure. It's now something else. What I'm receiving through my eye gates right now is not pure light. It's filtered. And your Bible calls filtered light darkness. When you are born again, if you are in fact born again in this place this morning, Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light. So you didn't just come to the light. You become light. What does that mean? That means you can only go so long sunbathing in the kingdom, saints. So long sunbathing in the kingdom before it becomes, before its elements overwhelm you. You ever see somebody that wears sunglasses in the sun for too long? It leaves its mark. You either become one with the light or you get burnt by the light. If you remain scar or scared of the light, then it will scar you. It has its effects because it's light. John 12, 35 says, Then Jesus told them, You are going to have the light just a little longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the dark does not know where he's going. Watch this. So put your trust in the light while you have it so that you might become sons of light. 
Saints, too many of us just have been playing church and we're led by blind men. Men who dwell in the light but never subject themselves fully to the light. You know, a blind man, right? It's like, Jesus says, the blind leading the blind. Right? You think that just means like people telling you false things and lead you. No. It's people who are, are in the light but not subjecting themselves to the light. There's no transformation. And they'll say, hey, come on, follow me. And you're like, cool, I'll follow you because you're cool. Because you speak well. Because you sing well. Because you got a large crowd. Right? And you're like, I'm going to follow him. Right? Because that looks like success. Saints, Jesus was the most successful man on the planet and they crucified him. And he was never blind. Yeshua plainly says, there are people who are walking in darkness while calling what they are doing living in the light. Matthew 15, 14, he calls this blind leading the blind into a ditch. Saints, these are Christians that have been saved but never delivered because they don't live in the light. You know that you can be saved from your past but not delivered from what you are? You can be saved from what you were but not delivered from what you are. Jesus is more than the Savior. He's the deliverer. Delivered from what, you ask? Darkness. Darkness. John 8, 12 says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You can see his life springing up here in worship today. Right? It starts as something reverent and all of a sudden, boom, man, why is that person so excited over there? And the other one's thinking, like, I'd like to jump like him and praise like him, right? Maybe next week. Saints, the Gnostics were wrong. Christians are not possessed by darkness. They are oppressed by it. When they fail to shine brightly, when they fail to be what they are, when they calculate what they let in and they calculate what goes out. When you make the choice to calculate the amount of light that you let into your mind and into your hearts, you will grow dim and dull and spiritually delusional over time. To live in the light, you must be one with the light. What does that mean, saints? Let me start here. Light is pure. Light is pure. It suffers no mixture or anything foreign in it. It is incapable of adulteration. It is incapable of contamination. If light is mixed with anything else, it is defined as a form of darkness. Are you a Christian, saints? Ephesians 5.8 then says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light. Is that your desire, to be light, saints? Is it your desire to be a pure person? Is it your desire to be pure in your living and your actions? Yes, that is the light. That's how you be light. When you feel that you have mixed motives, do you put them into the light? No matter the outcome, do you put your motives into the light, whether they are pure or not? 
or do you hold them in that place called secret? This will cause you internal darkness. We call that sickness. If what you do in private is the same thing that you do in public. Are you one person at home and then another person at church? That is mixed, not pure. I think that's funny. But listen, when you, when you begin to congregate about, around a bunch of spirit-filled people, Right? The Holy Ghost tells on you all the time, you're not fooling anybody. When you live like that as a person, one person at home and another person, when you show up among everybody else, it's as obvious as a man wearing sunglasses in a dimly lit room. Friend, to live in the light is to be subject yourself to the light and let the light make you pure light. That's why Yeshua said, trust the light. But for that to happen, you must let the light expose you. Light is exposing. Ephesians 5, 8. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk then as children of the light. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in unfruitful deeds of darkness. You see, you thought that darkness produced a bunch of just wickedness. No, darkness also produces just unfruitfulness. But instead expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak about the things that are done in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For that reason I say, awake! Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Did you hear that, saints? Whatever dark thing that is part of your life, Yeshua will take it, transform it, and turn it into light. So why are you afraid of that? Why is there fear in you when you read that light means exposure? Because you know that there's some imposter left in you. Because you know that there's some imposter left in you and you want to deal with that in the secret chambers of your own kingdom and not the public chambers of God's kingdom. And that's why you're still not healed from your masquerade party. Many of you have been affected by the great reformation that you've heard about in history. There's something called the Westminster Confession that happened in 1647. It's a declaration from the reformationists. Pretty simple, right? Right? They made a declaration. When all things are said, after we preach all our sermons, what really is the goal of all men? They said this, it's the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. They're bringing it down like Ecclesiastes. Like, at the end of the day, what is it? To glorify God, magnify, reflect, shine and to enjoy him forever. You see, many of you got that first part, but you're like, the second part, I'm not really sure whether I enjoy this or not. 
Is that you? Is your entire life's goal to shine like the glory of God? Is that you? And is it your goal to enjoy doing so as a lifestyle and attitude that people, is that what they know about you? Do they know about, when they see you, they're like, man, that dude is going through something, but where's that joy coming from? Because they just enjoy going through a little something because they know that God can be seen in you through trial and tribulation. When you learn to live in the light, not just hang out in it, you will not designed to expose you in order to shame you. You see, that's a truth that you've received. I don't want to be exposed because then I'll be ashamed. No. In Genesis, the light was shining and they were naked and unshamed. And the intention has never changed. His light comes that he might expose in order that you might be unashamed. But because you believe that, you just rather wouldn't. I'm going to hide in the corner as though the kingdom has a, a corner that you can find a shadow. It's kingdom of light. Hello? Your father wants to remove your shades. Saints, living in the light is designed to make you into somebody who enjoys living the kingdom life. In all its difficulties, you can live in the kingdom or out of the kingdom. Life's still difficult. Work. Living in the light is designed to make you a person who actually enjoys it. Is that you? What Pastor Kaysen say, right? And tell that to your face? Because I'm not convinced. That's what he said to me the other day. Listen, people live in the light, but sometimes they just need to tell that to their face because I'm not convinced that they actually enjoy this. Right? Turn your frown upside down. Okay, anyway. Saints, because you know people who have learned how to trust the light. Why? Life is, light is transparent, isn't it? So they're transparent. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness, watch this, and into the wonderful light. What an interesting statement coming from an interesting man. Peter had all his dirty laundry written into the Bible to be revealed one million times over for your benefit. And he called that wonderful. Wonderful. Peter's like, man, it is wonderful you get to see me fail, deny the king, everything. That's wonderful. Do you have that same revelation? Because Peter learned to be transparent in the light. Peter didn't hide his failures and expose his victories. He lived with all of them in the light. Is that you, saints? His propensity to fail and his ability to succeed were on display for you. Is that you to other people? Because if not, and you're just displaying your victories, but not your failures, isn't that partially light and partially dark? But you're Christians, not Gnostics. What do you do when the Bible tells you not to live in the shadows, saints? You embrace the shadows. You embrace the shadows because shadows signify something. Obstructions of light. 
They remind you that you are in light and that you can trust the light. The pastors and I for Team Unity have been reading a certain book. Inside of it, the author says, accepting the that you can fail to accept the truth. Accepting the reality that you can fail is accepting the truth. And he's the way, the truth, and the light. Hello? He goes on to say, Judas could not face his shadow, so it raged against him. But Peter accepted his shadow, and it healed people. Saints, light is pure. Light is exposing. Light is transparent. And are you light, saints? Then light is transparent. And transparent people are first honest with themselves and can't help being the same with others. We just got out a couple months of being authentically discipled. You like authentic people? I like some of them and not the others. I like them when they tell me what I want to hear. I don't like them when they tell me what I don't want to hear. And if I'm wise, at some point, I get around to kind of loving them. Because transparent people are first honest with themselves and can't help being the same to others. In the kingdom, those who are not transparent are like trying to have a conversation with someone who has sunglasses on. I don't like that. I get, I get distracted because I see me in the sunglasses and they're trying to talk and I can't really like hear what's coming out of their mouth because I'm so like self-absorbed. fixing my nine hair and <laughs> nobody's that right Chuck and I do this all the time because he's a landscaper he comes at me all the time he never takes his shades off right and I'm like uh-huh uh-huh I'm sorry Chuck I heard half of that <laughs> but people who are non-transparent are like that because they're talking to you with a shade on and you know it and you can feel it and it's distracting, and you're trying to hear what they say, and they might be speaking truth to you, but it's hard to receive it. You often, you pay attention to them, but... I think the light is wonderful because they have nothing to hide. Can you see right through them? Transparent people? Yes, you can see right through transparent people. And they're free enough to be okay with that. Are you free this morning? If you want to be more free, you just need to be transparent. And trust the light. Hmm. Light is illuminating, is it not? 1 Thessalonians 5.4 says, But you, brothers, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night nor to the darkness. Saints, those living in the light are not surprised by darkness. This is what Thessalonians says. Those who live in the light aren't, don't get surprised that darkness is part of their life. They know what to do with it because they know who they are. The truth can be shocking at first, can it? Somebody ever tell you the truth and you're like, oh. No, just me. I tell you the truth all the time and I shock you. You're like, I didn't know what was coming. Could you just like prep me for that? 
The truth is shocking at first. Just like walking out of this building. Sun, on, a, on a well, sunny, lit and bright day, you can walk out of this building without shades on and all of a sudden the, the light shocks you, right? But you know what happens next? You were designed to adjust to the light. So stop making provisions for it. It's unnecessary. The word of light, just so I can appeal to you intellects before we leave today. In the Greek is phos, P-H-O-S. This is the definition, the product of something luminous. So not luminous, but the product of something luminous. Like the radiance coming from the sun. Like the brilliance emanating from the God's glory. This is definitions. Often it's spoken of like daylight, like fire. It's even called a torch in one place. Figuratively, it means more, its, it's meaning is moral and spiritual light and knowledge which enlightens the mind, the soul, and the conscience, including also the idea of moral goodness, purity, holiness, watch this, and the consequence and reward of being happy. Jesus make you happy? Well, do you know the first message in Genesis 1-1 wasn't that God loves you? It was that God's light. So first you need light so that you will know you're loved, not know that you're loved in order that you know that there's light. The first message has to be turn on the light so that you'll know the truth. What's the truth? Ooh, darkness in me. Don't worry, I made you light. Good, now that you might love me because I love you. The definition is that it's an external manifestation of a proof that of an inward reality. That's why you can't fake it in the kingdom. Either you genuinely really love the light or you love the darkness. The verdict has been laid. If your eye gates are obstructed, your whole body is full, unobstructed, your whole body is full of light. But if you're fully Letting him illuminate you, every part of your interior and exterior life will in turn be illuminating. But if your vision is obstructed, Jesus says, your body has darkness in it, and how great is the darkness. Luke 8, 16 says, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For those, for there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has will be taken from him. People with shades all think they're, that they're experiencing light, but they're not. They're experiencing something else. And he says, if you settle for that being light, even that will be taken from you. But if you'll take your shades off and live a little in the light, you'll be given more. Let me translate that for you in street language. Can I do that? Right? Jesus said, I lit you. I lit you like an unconcealed public fire, and I set you in the world to shine and do nothing less. 
I designed you to be nothing less than radiant, nothing less than on fire for my purposes, nothing less than on fire for my plan. Nothing else satisfies you except for me lighting you, and I did not light you to hide you. I lit you to make you a public affair. You did not choose me. I chose you. And I get to say what I make of you, where you live and what you say, what you say and how you say what you say. When you move and when you stay, I am the tender of the lamp. I'm the tender of the lamp. It is my job to light you. It's your job to fan it into flame. It is my job to put you on a stand. It's your job to burn. Saints, you live in a kingdom of light, not a kingdom of darkness. So stop trying to live like it. You're supposed to be a radiant people. He's coming back for a radiant bride, not a, not, not a morbid widow. A radiant bride, not a pouting widow. A radiant on fire bride. One who has fire in her eyes like fi the fire in his eyes. And you couldn't see the fire in her eyes unless she takes these things off. Pure. No wonder he hasn't come back yet. We're flickering flames, not burning, but we're going to get there. Amen. Yeah. Mm. He says, you got to be fathered by the light. You got to be fathered by the light. Those who are fathered by the light are sons of light. And those who are sons of light are like their father. And I got to tell you, Jesus never flicker. He's always burning. Holy, matter of fact, eternal. Always burning. Always emanating light. Always false. Always exuding. Always moving forward. Never yielding to the darkness. Never backing up, shutting up, or putting up with darkness, but putting it in its place. Saints of luminous people. That's you. Luminescent people, I heard somebody say. You're a luminescent people. So you must expect accept that reality that you subject yourself to its brilliance and when you subject itself to your brilliance that makes you brilliant you ever got somebody tell you look at you and you're like brilliant and you're like <laughs> <laughs> some of you are like yeah, no you know the other ones are like yeah you're lying to me hmm. do I need to remind you this morning saints You've been co-crucified, co-buried, co-resurrected, and co-glorified? Hello? Is, is that true? Let me a little heresy this morning or just a little Bible? You've been co-crucified, co-buried, co-resurrected, and are being co-glorified together in a co-mission with King Yeshua. By his desire and his want, he included you in this thing. You are his body. He is the head, and he does not cease to shine. That means you're no longer dominated by darkness, dominated by dark thoughts, dominated by dark temptations, dominated by dark feelings, dominated, dominated, dominated. You know what that feels like? You want to be this and you want to think that's true, but something else is just nagging at you like a demonic leech on the back trying to tell you, right, that you're not good and you don't measure up and you don't feel like this and that person's better than it. All these things is dominate. You've been released from the domination of darkness, you got permission to shine. Yeah. 
Jesus' command to you is to be dominated by light. Come on, somebody. Light cancels darkness. Hello? Light cancels darkness. Anybody receive loss in this life? When the kingdom, loss equals gain. That's what your Bible teaches. Because light cancels darkness. In the kingdoms, your failures are not final. Depression becomes possession by the Holy Ghost. Because light cancels darkness. Light cancels insecurity and gives you stability. Light cancels anxiety and gives you intensity for God. Light cancels inadequacy and makes you fit for every good work. Because light is pure. Light is exposing. Light is transparent. Light is illuminating. And light is pervasive. You know what pervasive means, right? Learned that word from Pastor Casey. Was not in my vocabulary. Pastor Casey's pervasive. Praise God. He doesn't need permission. He's got it. Light doesn't need permission. It just shines. And so will you when you subject yourself to light. 1 John 2, 8, yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness... <laughs> is passing and true light is already shining. You think you needed to give her permission. No, hello. Light is dominating darkness right now. And if it's not dominating you, it's because you got a little something in between you. The light is already shining. And the light, John said, was God. And in the beginning, the word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh, and we call him Yeshua, and Yeshua, therefore, is the light. And Philippians 1.6 says about him, being confident in this, that he who began a work in you will carry it through to completion until the day he comes. Light is dominating darkness. This ain't no struggle at all. Saints, light is inconvenient. You know why? To remind you that convenience isn't the constitution of the kingdom and nor should it be the constitution of your life. Light is offensive to those who want to remain in darkness, but it's liberating for those who want to live in it. Light is not passive, it is penetrating. Light is not passive, it is penetrating. And you will be too when you subject yourself to the light. And light even... Light is pervasive. It enters even the least accessible places. That's good news for some of you, right? Because you ever, you're, you're ever in a dark place and it's just the door just cracks or something? You're like, see a little bit of light? Well, the light is pervasive, and the good news is it's so pervasive, it'll work with that. It'll work with that, and before long, it overtakes the entire thing. <laughs> so if I did this, it's like, boom, there it goes. It's beginning. Whew. That's all I needed to work with. Crack it. Light searches the recesses of dark places. Light breaks through your depression. Amen? Light breaks through your discouragement. Amen? Light breaks through your stoic personalities. Amen? Because light is powerful. 
I said light is powerful. Light travels faster than all things. Light knows all things. Light shows all things. 1 John 1, 5 said God is the light, and that's what my God does. Genesis 1, 3 says it was the very thing penetrating creation before the sun, moon, and stars was even hung in the sky. Saints, this right here is the fundamental Christological present truth that you are going to have to submit to as a Christian if you want to be, watch this, healthy and whole. Whole. Do you want to be whole? Do you want to be healthy? Well, then your physical ailments can stem from your spiritual infirmities. That's what your Bible teaches. And so that when you not get the dark out, the truth is you have to let the light in. That's where everything changes. So many of you, right, uh, that religious nature, I'm going to get this out of my life, that out of my life, that out of my life, that's dark, I'm, that's gone too, that's gone too, that's gone too. And you spend your whole time dominated by darkness and don't realize that the domination is, has your attention your whole life. When your attention is supposed to be on letting the light in, letting the light in and letting the light do what it does. Letting the light do what it does, right? Let the light do what it does. Receive it. I just receive it. I burn my retinas. Okay, cool. I trust you, Lord, right? Hmm. Ephesians 5a, 5a is the key. But you are now light. So why is it that you can live in the light be co-resurrected with Jesus himself, be seated together with Christ Jesus in the kingdom of the light, but still feel, believe, and act like you're in darkness. Because you must live in the light. And you cannot live in the light unless you are currently embracing the light yourself and let it burn your retinas until your perspective totally is subjected to the fire of God. That means everything you do, everything you feel, why I do what I do, why I make the decisions in my life, the places that I live, the, the reasons that I go to work, why I go to work, where I go to work, why, why I worship on a Sunday or every day, right? Why I sit under this pastor or that pastor. Every single thing you do is subjected to the Christology of God, the very light and center we call Yeshua. Hmm. Light is pure. Are you putrefied or pure? Do you live a lifestyle that allows the Holy Spirit to holistically purge your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your home? Saints, all creation has impurities, but new creations become pure because they practice purging. Light is exposing. 
Are you making excuses? Or do you practice exposure? You can't do one and the other at the same time. Do you have a life with obstructions that cause shadows that you tolerate living in your own home? Does your own shadow cause you to fear what will happen if it's brought into the light and you are seen for what you truly are? Beautifully broken like the rest of us. If you never bring the imposter into the light, you will never truly become light. And we will never get to see you beautifully restored. Those who live in the light are those who let other people watch their progress and don't hide their failures or their victories. Light is transparent. Are you hiding or are you transparent? If you are not transparent, that means that you, there are places in your life that light can't pass through. If you are light, you are transparent, and you have nothing to hide. That means darkness has no hold on you. We call that freedom. Light is illuminating. Are you? Are you radiating light, or are you leaving room for the absence of light? call that darkness are you known for being the life of the party you should be you're the hope of glory are you known for being the life of the party saints or the drag can't miss this one that make you a drag queen are you known for being the life of the party or do you bring joy do you bring joy to every situation do you bring hope to every party? Do you bring good news? Do you bring optimism? Do you bring life-giving speech? Do you bring smiles? Do you bring energy and fresh ideas? Because you're light. Because the opposite of those, Paul says, are not even worth mentioning. Are you pervasive? Because the light is. Pervasive people cannot be escaped, and they penetrate all things. Are you pervasive, saints? Do you expect to influence every situation with the light of life that Yeshua gave you? Do you live with full permission to be light? Are you waiting for permission, saints, because you've been given permission? Do you expect darkness to flee at your presence? I do. I expect darkness to flee at my presence. That's what makes me confident. That's why it makes me be able to sit up here like a fool today because I don't care what you think. I care what my father thinks because I'm a son of light. Do you have a Holy Ghost attitude? Do you have a Holy Ghost identity? Do you have a Holy Ghost confidence that doesn't need any other permission than that which the word of God has already given you? Light is powerful, are you? Are you powerful, saints? Are you powerful, saints? You are powerful 
when you live in the light. That means no more faking it. Are you with me this morning? No more faking it. Take them off. Toss them. You don't need these things. These are additives in your life that you think are going to serve you, but they're enslaving you. You are powerful because you are people who live in the light. When you live in the light, you are powerful. No more faking it to make it. No more hiding in the darkness and in the shadows of what you once were. No more waiting for permission to be powerful. You got it. No more walking in darkness when you have been placed into a kingdom of light. Stand with me this evening. This morning. I don't know what it is. It's one. It's this evening. We started by telling you this is not a convenient store. We take our time because we love you. We take our time because it's one of those few moments we get your full attention. Because if we can have your full attention for a few hours, maybe God will get it for the rest of your life. And if your intention is to be intentional with him and fully focused on him, then as Yeshua was actually teaching, you'll be single-minded, looking only to him, fixing your eyes upon the author and perfecter of your faith, therefore never looking to your left and your right and everything else that's darkness. Because the word of God is a lamp unto my feet. That means he's not a spotlight for the entire field. He illuminates your next step on the narrow way so that you don't end up in the ditch by men who call themselves living in the light, never subject themselves to it, and lead you elsewhere. Colossians 1.25 says, I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to you. The mysteries of the kingdom belong to you, sons of light. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of what was a mystery and is no longer Christ in you, the hope of glory. Wow. That word glory in Greek means light, splendor, perfection. The manifest presence of Yeshua himself in our generation is in you. Isaiah 62 said it like this. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my shalom. I'm going to give it away. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation like a lamp that burns brightly. Like a lamp that burns brightly. Saints, nobody's life is going to get changed by your collection of information their life's going to get changed because you're inspirational because you burn because how you love God and how you serve God looks radical to them and it causes them to want to get up out their grave and actually get lit with you that's who you are don't let anybody lie to you that's who you are don't let anybody else conform you that's who you are don't let anybody else tell you who you are you let the lord god define who you are and he already said it you are my burning torch for this generation so go out today right and send somebody with the fire of god that you have and don't apologize for it don't apologize for it mighty god we thank you 
for your power to endure your word. We thank you, mighty God, for the empowerment of your spirit. I pray that anyone in this room today, Lord God, would be filled with courage to, to come to one of us if they think they are lit, if they think they are dim, or they think they aren't lit at all, if they want actually what we possess, Lord God, we, we pray that you give them courage to come and find one of us, Lord God, and pray, Lord God, that they might receive that baptism of fire. They might receive you. They might encounter you. Father, I'm praying today, Lord God, that the fires that were lit in the heart, Lord God, would erupt, Lord God, when every man and woman, Lord God, lay their head, Lord God, to their pillow tonight, Lord God. I ask, Holy Ghost, that you disrupt their dreams, that you speak to them prophetically, Lord God. I ask, Lord God, that when they're, go and they're going and they're coming on the streets, Lord God, today, Lord God, that, you would that they would encounter you. Mighty God, that you would make yourself evident to them, that they would be reminded that they were created by you and for you, and that they, Lord God, have you inside of them because you are the light of men. Father, we love you. We ask you, Lord God, to take, Lord God, what was spoken here today, Lord God, the presence, Lord God, that fills this place, Lord God, and that you would revive our fire, Lord God. Mighty God, that you would renew, our, Lord God, our vigor. Lord God, and you would give us a Holy Ghost attitude and a victory, Lord God, that says, Lord God, that we are your burning ones and nothing less. We love you, mighty God, and we pray these things in your name.